Uh, we're going to go over to Nuevo County right now, and up to Frankenmuth, Michigan. Uh, but we're going to run down to Birmingham right now, Birmingham, Michigan. Northwood University. And we'll uh, go over to South Haven, Delaney, Eastern Michigan University. So you'll be hearing us from all over the place, but that's the beauty of this broadcast. Now, it's Chris Holman's Business Beat. And welcome back. back to the Michigan Business Beat, brought to you on the Michigan Business Network. And we are in our downtown studios on East Oakland. You want to stop by and see the sausage made anytime you can. Our door's unlocked. Um, we are happy to be here. And we're going across town, actually. We're going to stay in Lansing, Michigan. We're going to spend a little time with uh, Patricia Scott, our guest today. Uh, she's an attorney with the practice group leader uh, of Foster Swift Collins Smith, uh, a big firm here in Lansing, but also with offices in uh, uh, St. Joe, Southfield, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Holland, and um, in, to infinity and beyond, because still in a growth pattern, as a matter of fact. So, Patricia, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Good morning. You know, we're going to talk uh, about a kind of a hot topic, and it's one that I wish was not a hot topic, actually, because it, uh, it's, it's kind of a downturn situation. But we're going to talk a little bit about receivership, and it might not be a bad idea uh, for you to start with that, uh, what receivership actually is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to see an uptick in receiverships quite a bit. It's been several years since we've seen a boom, if you will, of receiverships. And I think we can anticipate, sadly, that for 2021, that is going to be the case. Um, receivership is often referred to as a state court bankruptcy, or people think of it as a bankruptcy. And it's very similar. It is a liquidation alternative to bankruptcy. And so what that means is all takes place in the state court. So you're not governed by bankruptcy rules. Um, and there is a receiver, a fiduciary, who's appointed over a receivership estate, which is all the assets of the debtor, the troubled entity, if you will. And that's governed by the court. And so the receiver is a court officer. And his or her obligations are to all of the creditors of that estate. Even though oftentimes we know it's the main secured creditor that's seeking the appointment of a receiver to take control of all of those assets, bundle them up, create the liquidation process and dispose of them in the most orderly fashion, efficient fas fashion to bring in as much money as possible, which is the goal. Um, so even though that main secured creditor is the one seeking the appointment, the um, receiver as a court officer has an obligation to all creditors. So one of the reasons we're talking about this too is there's been some Receivership Act amendments Mm -hmm. um, uh, who, uh, uh, you, you, you mentioned who wants the receiver uh, appointed. It's the court that actually appoints them. And, and the fact that a larger creditor wants to appoint, they want to make sure they're taken care of, basically. Right. And so receivership is a remedy. You know, maybe I should back up there just real quick. Um, so it would require a lawsuit to be filed, right? So that creditor is going to sue the debtor for the money that they're owed and they have a security interest in assets. And at that same time as a remedy, they're gonna ask the court, please appoint a receiver. So then I can do this liquidation and, and the creditor gets paid as much as possible from that action. All right. And you alluded a little bit to who, who governs this, but, um, but let's talk about that a little bit. What, what, what is this thing governed by? In, in the receivership world, like I said, it's not the bankruptcy code, but it's state statute. And there's a couple of different state statutes. And then it's also governed by court rules that tell us the procedure, the boring stuff that we don't want to bother your listeners with, right? You know, about how the receiver gets appointed, how the receiver gets paid, which is what the receiver wants to know. 
and, um, you know, reporting and those kinds of things. But the statute that we're talking about today is the commercial receivership statute. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about that, the, the changes, uh, the most recent changes that have just taken place. Yeah, and it's a significant expansion of rights, really, because initially in 2014, the procedures were clarified and the statute and the court rules were modified. But this time it was a substantive change, which is nice for creditors. And quite frankly, a lot of debtors might not be opposed to a receivership. And so the way it was written before, a lender could only seek the remedy of a receiver if they had a mortgage in real property, the dirt, if you will. Now it's been changed and it no longer says mortgage. It says security agreement or lien. Well, what does that mean? That means if you only have a security interest in the personal property, the equipment, the inventory, the, you know, the intangibles, if you will, then I can still seek as a lender the appointment of a receiver. And that's important because if we think of a lot of places like restaurants, sadly, that may need to be liquidated and go into receivership, they often rent the places they're located at. They don't own the, the facility or the dirt, if you will. So now this remedy is available, even if you have an entity who needs to go into receivership that is just operating at a location that's renting. So uh, probably got about a minute left. What, uh, how and why is that, is that significant? It expands, you know, the remedy for a lot more um, creditors, quite frankly, and and debtors who may be interested in having that take place. So it, it takes a expand, you know, and expands it greatly. Okay, and and to whom exactly? Mostly creditors, you know, that want to enforce their right and get paid. But like I said, some debtors are also willing to enter a a receivership. Well, I'll tell you what, as much as it's a distasteful topic, you've done it uh, a lot of justice, and we appreciate it. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Patricia Scott, attorney and uh, practice group leader with Foster Swift, Collins and Smith offices in uh, St. Joe, Lansing, Southfield, Grand Rapids, Detroit, and Holland. We're going to be right back. You're watching the Michigan Business Beat on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Chris Hall.